Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, difficult conversations are a part of life. We wish they weren't, but they are. We wish we didn't have to have them, but we do. We can find it tough to think about having them and I know myself that when I have to have a difficult conversation with someone, uh, it can be really stressful and I quite often have sleepless nights ruminating about the situation, trying to figure out what the best way to deal with that is. We can find it tough to get a great outcome when we're having one and sometimes, even though we've handled them well, we can find it tough dealing with the aftermath. Those times when you know you should talk to someone but you don't, maybe you've tried and it went badly or maybe you fear that talking will only make the situation worse. Still, quite often we feel stuck around having difficult conversations and today I have someone who is fabulous, Miss Susie Russell in here. Hey Suze. How you going Mel? I'm very well, thank you. I'm really glad you're here (laughs) because I was thinking about difficult conversations and... um, and I thought, you know what, we need to do an episode on, about this because I know conversa- difficult conversations are hard for nearly everyone. And Susie is the woman because Susie is a trained conflict coach. Mm. Thank you, Suze. <laughs> so Suze supports people to navigate their own way through separation and divorce mm-hmm. um, and helps individuals clear the path from chaos to confidence. And Susie is also the co-founder of Wellbeings & Co., with her husband Garth and together they help and support people to thrive in every aspect of their life. So I'm guessing that you're an expert (laughs) in how to have a good difficult conversation. Well I'm still learning so. We're always still learning. (laughs) I'm still growing, I'm still learning but I'm practicing more and more and obviously by doing that you develop more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like difficult conversations. I don't like them either. <laughs> they really do. They really do cause me angst. Mm. Um, and you know, it's funny. I see that in my husband as well. I know when, you know, because if he, we're having a chat at home and he's talking about, oh, I've got to have a difficult conversation with someone at work. He has sleepless nights mm. and I can see him going over it in his head and thinking about all the mm. different scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. It really troubles us. It really, it, it's really quite um, challenging. Yeah, communication and difficult conversations is very challenging. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of our innate need to be liked? I think it's complex and I think it starts with the way that we're taught to communicate, which goes way back to the way, you know, we were all brought up and and how we communicated in where we were raised and what environment that came from and all our life experiences, how our teachers were in the classroom. And so all of the life experiences that that have all added up to the sum of today have somewhere along the line impacted the way an individual communicates in the world and navigates their way in the world. That's so true. Mm. So just when you were saying that, I was thinking, and I think I might have even said this before on Hey Soul Sister, it's interesting, my family... We talk about everything mm. <laughs> yeah. and my hubby's family talk about nothing. Yeah. And so that's really interesting. You know, when you, when we're having conversations or communicating, you know, we both have such different styles. Absolutely. I totally agree, Mel. I come from, from a family and I call us over workshoppers where we <laughs> workshop everything. And um, my husband's family 
are completely different and, and you know, yeah, they, they didn't have that style of communication. So we all come from a different background with a different style of communication. And one of the things that I've noticed today is that when we go to school, when we're little little children and we start school, we, we grow up in an environment where we learn to read and write and we don't necessarily learn how to communicate with people and we don't learn how to deal with conflict. And it's such an important part of our lives because... I don't know about you, but when I was little, you know, no one told me that when you grow up, you're going to have to have some difficult conversations with people. So it's pretty, it can be tough to navigate on your own. So having that support around you and and learning how to communicate, obviously, is, is the key to this. Absolutely. So what are some of the typical difficult conversations that people might have, do you think? Well, I... I think they cover a broad spectrum of our life and I can only go from, from you know, my experience and, and what I've learned and I think difficult conversations can start with friendships when we're younger and we're growing up. I think that's one of the, the, the key areas of where difficult conversations might, might come from when we're young adolescents or even before that. And then as we grow and we become, you know, we might start a relationship with someone and we'll, you know, become um, a partnership and I think there's... You know, there's areas there that we that we have to have difficult conversations in relationships. Obviously, in the workplace, we have to have difficult conversations. And more recently, I learned that we have to have some really difficult conversations with our children as they grow. Mm. I find conversations or difficult conversations with friends or my hubby not so bad. Mm. They don't stress me out that much. And I, why is that? I don't know, maybe because there's a trust there. I don't, mm. I don't know, but I find or maybe because I know the person so I can kind of preempt how that conversation will go. Mm. But I find, you know, throughout my working life mm. that it's the difficult conversations at work are the hardest. Very, very difficult. Very, very challenging. And I guess it comes back to everyone has a different need in the business and differences occur because people are wanting different outcomes. So I guess we'll talk about intentions and what our intention is when when it comes to the conversation. Like, what are our interests? What do we want? What do we need to get from that conversation? Yeah, actually, and do you know what? I just dawned on me then. So with friendships, I suppose friends generally gravitate towards each other because they're similar or Mm. like-minded. But in the workplace, it's not like that. You're kind of working with people who may not necessarily – someone you would gravitate towards you or be hang friends out with them you on the weekend yeah, yeah exactly so it's like like you kind of thrust in with people that have different styles to you or mm. may have different behaviors and absolutely yeah. different interests different work ethics different trust levels different communication styles yeah yeah totally which is why i love um you know at a number of workplaces when we do those team days and you do the either the personality or the behavior type testing because it's so fascinating to see the different communication styles and you're like, aha, uh-huh, I now understand. That's right. I didn't understand why that person communicated that way or said this or did that. And then you do the, the one of those different, there's a whole plethora of tests. Mm. Do, you use, do you use those with your clients at all? No, not really, no, yeah. because the, the style of coaching that I use is completely different. But you're right because what we do is, and, and I mean, I've done a few in organisations where we've all been tested to find out what style we are to help us actually understand each other. And the key is, the key to all of this is understanding the other person. 
understanding what their communication style is and how they operate and then just that understanding is key when we're in that relationship so it's really important if we can when we're in you know situations like the workplace that we understand someone's story we understand the way they are where they've come from what they like what they don't like because it's in that understanding that we make sense of them and it's in that us making sense of that person that we can have a better relationship with them I agree and it's also where you discover not to take things personally totally because actually we're all just created so differently and we have learned through our childhood and you know um, adult years we've learned to behave and respond and communicate in such different ways that it's not a personal thing about you or anybody else it's just how you have grown and developed yeah and look at the end of the day one of the biggest things in in having a difficult conversation is that you're having a difficult conversation with someone about the behavior or about a work task or about a situation you're not actually having a difficult conversation about them personally you're having a difficult conversation to to try and achieve a result let's get soulful on social media Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Okay, Suze, <laughs> so you need to have a, com- a difficult conversation with somebody. Yes. Maybe in the workplace. Maybe. Like, actually, let's use the workplace as an example because okay. I think that's a fairly common one where difficult conversations probably come up yep. regularly. How do you plan that out? A great way to plan that out. And look, believe you me, planning is the key. Planning to this is the key because it doesn't matter who the person is or what role they play. You just know that there's something not right in the relationship. There's just not, there's something not going right, whether it's the, the, the in the air, it's the energy, we're treading on eggshells, we, we haven't talked about the, the elephant in the room. There's just something not right. And in that something not right in that conversation it's generally not healthy either because someone is afraid to say something or, you know, we're going to sort of escalate the situation if we don't have that difficult conversation or a target won't be met or something won't happen in the business that really needs to happen. So it's not even about the person and their personality. It's just about having that conversation to have an intention around the achievement. So we have to we have to plan the conversation. So a great way to start is to ask the person a question. Are you open to having a conversation with me about whatever it is that, that you're wanting to resolve? If it, if it has become a personal issue in the workplace, a great starting point is to, to start with an I statement and say, I've noticed something. I've noticed, Mel, that things between you and I aren't the way they used to be. You know, do you want to have a conversation about it? doesn't mean you have to have the conversation there and then because that person might want to go away and gather their thoughts and plan the conversation but as long as you agree that you're going to have a conversation and then plan that out okay so what what do I need to happen what do I actually need to happen what do I want so I write my list of the things that I want and you could even encourage the other person to say look what would you like to happen why don't you write a list of things out that you'd like to happen Because more often than not, Mel, we go into a conversation just thinking about what I want, like what what I want. And you've got to understand that there's another person in the conversation and we really have to 
have an understanding of what they want as well so that we might not get everything on our list of wants but we've got a pretty good chance of getting a few of those things on that list of wants and they've got a pretty good chance of getting getting the things that they want and in those wants is that talking about okay Mel what do you want what do you need how can I help you so that we can come together so we've got to try and remove all of that emotion because I'm guessing that you would understand and know that if if someone loses it and things get aggressive or someone gets angry then the message is lost because we're sort of going whoa you know we can't we can't deal with that because they've reacted and there's obviously something deeper going on there as well so it's just it's really planning out the conversation do you know what I find interesting and probably a little bit confusing when I've reflected on this is that we hear all the time well I seem to hear all the time people talk about you need to speak your truth you need to speak your truth Mm. you need to um you know you need to go in and fight for what it is that you want and it's almost as though that can sound quite aggressive. Yeah. And really, though, in the difficult conversation, it's not about you. Mm. It's about the two of you. Yeah. Have you heard that? You know, people go, speak your truth, sister, yeah. you got to speak your truth. Or, you, you, you know, and, and I go, mm. it almost implies. You've got to be aggressive to get your yes. point across. That, for me, resonates that you've got a voice. Everyone in this in this world has a voice we are allowed to use our, our voice. I mean, we live in a free world. We live in, in a wonderful country where we are actually allowed to have a voice and have an opinion and, and share those. Now, it doesn't mean that we all have to agree with each other. It just means that the more you can be in your truth, and by that, that means, you know, that means being vulnerable. It, be, it means being real. And, and I like to call this real relationships. It's about having real relationships. If if there's one part of me that's fake or, you know, there's something not quite right, you're not going to buy in because yeah. you don't trust me. And trust is the essential ingredient for the foundation of every single relationship. Whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're out with your friends, trust is the key. It's the foundation. If I don't trust someone, then how can we start that? that premise of having that difficult conversation if I if I can't trust them or I, I, I doubt them. So it's about being real, real and honest and, and truthful and, and sharing, you know, your voice and there's nothing wrong with that. You just said something then and it got me thinking. Part of my journey through life has been to learn to have those conversations in a really considered way. Because I didn't realize until probably the last couple of years, but I have a tendency to be really straight up and really just say it how I see it. And a lot of people don't like that Mm. Mm. (laughs) because it can be confrontational. And I I didn't realize that about myself. Mm. And I probably, I had a a couple of incidents with family members and I was like, oh, wow, I'd never realized that I can be, yeah, just say how I see it. And so I've had to really reflect on that and change my style and actually really sit back and coming into a difficult conversation, really stop and think about that before having that because I know I have that tendency. And maybe, I don't know, being an extrovert as well because extroverts, we think by saying Mm. 
we think out loud. Mm. So I have a tendency just to, I've got a thought, boom, I say it. Mm. And I've, yeah, I've had to learn to really rein that in and be really careful because not everybody yes. is like that. That's right. And it's funny, introverts are the opposite and that mm. they process internally before they speak. Mm. So, you know, I have to be really cautious around that. Yeah, it's but and that has been a, a life lesson that I've only just learned the but last few years. What a wonderful years. lesson! What a great lesson to learn. It took me bloody forty years to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm still learning. I mean, my trait, and I'll share something. It's a little secret. I'll share with you. Um, it's it's similar to along the lines of of um, of your trait, but my family used to say, "Oh, Sus, you're too blunt. Can you just soften it a bit?" And I'd think. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, because I'm just straightforward, I just call it how it is. Yeah. But obviously, with other different, you know, styles and personalities and communication traits, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can tone it down. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, it, it keeps going. But the beautiful thing about it, Mel, is you're now aware of it. Yeah. It's been brought to your attention, and you know, you, you you're aware, and and that's part of this whole conversation is just about awareness, about awareness of your style. Yeah, that's what this is about, and then adapting your style, and 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 even being considerate and compassionate towards others and other types of uh, communication styles. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. Do you know the other thing that I've learned, and it's from my dear friend Charlotte Tharab, mm-hmm. is she says clear is kind. Yeah. And I know that sometimes I'm not always clear. Mm. And that can be, you know, everybody can be a bit like that going into a difficult conversation because it feels so awkward sometimes Mm. and so you kind of beat around the bush and you may not necessarily get your point across you know you're kind of fluffing around to soften whatever it is Mm. that you want to talk about and you know I come back to Charlotte she's like clear is kind the kindest thing that you can do sometimes is to be clear absolutely absolutely I had an issue a couple of years ago now with my teenage son he's 20 now and he was 18 and We'd, we'd both hit a bit of a rough patch and we had to sit down and have a really difficult conversation, not in the heat of the moment. I think we left it about two weeks and we just calmed everything down and then I said to him, we, we probably need to have a conversation, mate, but I was really fluffing around and dancing around the real issues because I was lacking in confidence and I went away and I did some work and I did some, um, you know, how am I going to deal with this because... This relationship with my son is one of the most important relationships in my entire life and I really wanted to make sure this conversation was a really good one and really proactive and that I was really clear but really kind and and, and really listened to him to understand what his issues were as well. And that one conversation where I started with saying, mate, I've no, you know, I've noticed this. I'm concerned, you know, about our relationship, and it's just so important to me. Start with the I statements, you know. This is how I'm feeling, you know, and I want to hear from you about how you're feeling, and then obviously wait and listen, listen to understand where they're at. I mean, listening is a is a whole other conversation, and and such a a necessary skill that that we could all improve on. And look, this conversation went for about forty five minutes to an hour. And it was life-changing for the two of us. And that was two years ago. 
and we just have a completely different relationship and a completely different communication style and we have this depth of understanding now for each other um, and we've just sort of come to another level and it's only because we've both made each other aware and we've wanted to listen to each other to understand because, as you know, I mean, our children, they're, they're up there in the, you know, the top five relationships of life. And, and if you want things to work with your kids, it's, it's about hearing them and understanding them, but also being able to feel like, well, I'm also your mother and this is my voice and, and, and this is how, you know, I'm feeling and this is how I'd like things to be between us. So, yeah, look, things go off the rails and... As a parent, you know, it's partly our responsibility, not not in a controlling way. I don't mean that in a controlling way. I mean that in a really compassionate and respectful way to bring that back. If someone needs to have a difficult conversation and then they're not sure about which way to go or what to do or how to have that conversation, where can they go, do you think? Look, that's really tough. There's some great stuff on the internet. You can just Google having difficult conversations. Um, I, I use a four-step model, um, which is which is you know it's it's quite it's quite easy. It's it's you know not something I could explain over over this sort of scenario, this sort of situation that we're in now, Mel. But it's it, it's a great little model. I've shared it with a number of friends and could, could you clients. give us a quick little outline? Do you well, think? it's it's back to this. Um, you know, I've noticed I've noticed that things aren't right between us, or I've. You know, I've noticed that you seem, um, you know, um, distant or I noticed that you're not yourself lately or I noticed that... So whatever you've noticed, it's got to be behaviour-based. And then I usually... The next phrase is, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about us and, you know, how we're getting along or not getting along at the moment. Or I'm concerned about you. It could just be simply, I'm concerned about you. Mm. And that opens, that just opens that, that door and then... Obviously, um, if it's if it's someone at work or someone at home, it's I need to understand um, what's going on for you right now, and that opens up for is there something you'd like to share with me? So it's sort of that I statements, and then that is there something you want to share? Is is there something you'd like to talk about? And that way we're opening we're opening the conversation, and it might be a bit awkward and difficult at first, but because you've shown that compassion and said you really matter to me, I'm concerned everything okay in your life you know are things going okay or is there something so it just um yeah it just breaks down that barrier of saying so Mel you know you're doing this or you're behaving like this or you're you know and using mm. you statements we just we take all that loadedness out by using the I I'm coming from a place of kindness I'm coming from a place of compassion I really care about you and I've noticed whatever it is you've noticed yeah Somebody said to me once, you go three times flattery, the next time you say you bit. So you've got yeah. to say three kind things yeah. and then you have to go in with whatever yeah. the issue is. Yeah. But it could be as simple as saying to your partner, oh, I've noticed you're not yourself lately. Yeah. I'm concerned about, is everything okay? Like it can be that, it can be that simple and then that opens up them to share. I say to my hubby. <laughs> Which we're good. We rarely, you know, are in conflict or anything. But sometimes I'll be like, I've noticed you've been in your man cave lately. Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's right. And that could be something at work bothering him, couldn't it? It yeah. could be a situation, you know, it could and be. And it a- usually is, to be honest. It's usually he's mulling something over around a work thing and he's trying to figure it out. Great. In his head. Yep. Yeah. And I just noticed the behavior. I'm like, oh, gee, he's quiet. 
he's kind of walking, you know, like kind of stumping around a bit and he's spending a lot of time in the garage. <laughs> so you've noticed his behaviour yeah. has changed. And yep. that's, what, that's what this is about. That's what difficult conversations are usually about. Behaviours, attitudes, you know, different work tasks, not getting, something's not happening. Yeah. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Are there any other um, tools or tips that you personally use, Suze? I listen. Listen. I um I came from a family. Look, look, it's a funny story, and I was I was baby number four, and so I had to just um, be the loudest to get a, a word in. I I just couldn't get a word in, Mel. Yep. And so I just talked and talked and talked and talked, and hopefully one day someone would hear me. Yep. And but it became a problem. It became a problem in relationships later on, and it became an issue because I just didn't listen. And, um, you know, and I love my family, I love my, my, my parents, I love my, my siblings, and, uh, but I didn't, just didn't listen and I don't think any of us listened well and that's what I was taught. So I had to untrain that trait and go and learn a new way. If I wanted my relationships to be better, I knew I had to be better. And listening's hard sometimes because when you're having that conversation with someone, that difficult conversation, sometimes you're sitting there just waiting for the pause so that you can jump in with your point of view again. Totally. I want you to hear me. Yeah. I want you to understand me. That's not right. That, that's, not what, <laughs> that's not what happened. I didn't. So it's, yeah, just sitting back and letting them and letting them talk it out and really listening to them. And that way you get a turn. And if they interrupt you while you're having your say, it's like, I listen to you, could you please listen to me? So it's just that asking questions, becoming that sort of, you know, practice asking questions. Yep. What about location? Oh, look, location, yeah, look, location's important, but do you know what I think is more important? Timing. Mm. Timing is everything. Yeah. Timing of the conversation is everything. Sometimes that doesn't matter where you have the conversation. It's all in the timing. And that it's a time suitable to the parties involved in that difficult conversation. You know, that someone hasn't been, um, you know, um, hoodwinked, I don't know, hijacked, whatever you mean. And hang on a minute, I didn't know I was going to have this conversation at this time. I think timing is key. I think timing is key in businesses that you pick the timing. So maybe not location, but, you know, private and away um, from public and obviously not in front of other colleagues would be ideal. And, um, yeah, making sure that it's a private um, and, and that there are no interruptions and there are no phones and there's no distractions. I love the expression where when, when our babies and when our children are little and they cut their parents' hands in their face and they make eye contact with you and they, you know, they just want your undivided attention, that doesn't change when we're older and when we have something to say we just want to be heard. So we just have to make sure that that eye contact and that, that, that we're listening and that we're nodding and you're nodding now, Mel. <laughs> I, yeah, I am nodding away. So that's important, the physical cue, so that's important, make eye contact. Totally. Show physically that you're understanding and you're listening. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the point of having a conversation in someone's office if they're not making eye contact with you and they're looking at their emails or they're waiting for the phone to ring or there's a, a text message? It's all in the timing and it's all in the, in, in the connection with that person and really wanting to value what they have to say as well. What if things aren't going well? Well, if things aren't going well, 
Yeah. That means that um, there's a problem with someone's response and someone has reacted. Yeah. And so maybe that's not a good time to have. So do you keep going, do you think? No. You just no. you need to you need to go. Okay, we just need to end this. We need we need to do this at, at another time because I've if if it's something you've said and that person's reacted, mm-hmm. then there's something deeper going on. If someone reacts and 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 gets angry or aggressive and there's a there's a deeper emotion going on there, and so we have to get to that to that point of what what's the problem? You know how sometimes we're talking about something and we're having a difficult conversation about something. But in reality, that's not what the issue is. It's something bigger or it's something else. Yeah. I think we look out for those cues. Yeah. And sometimes you need to agree to disagree. Totally. And go, we're not going to resolve this. All the time. Yeah. But I respect your opinion. I I value you as a person and I understand what you're saying. It doesn't mean I have to always agree with it. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes I'm guessing, and I'm thinking back to personal experience, Mm -hmm. if you really can't get that issue resolved you may need to bring in a third party totally mediator yeah counselor yeah uh, hr person absolutely (laughs) yeah 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 doesn't always have to be it it doesn't always have to be a professional person sometimes a third party who's neutral can be wonderful yeah and they're impartial to you and to, to myself so it just depends what the situation is. As long as they're neutral and as long as they're impartial, it can be someone else in the organisation. So, Suze, do you coach people through, you know, you're a conflict coach. So yep. if someone can someone come to you and go, look, I've got this situation, I need help, yep. and you coach them through that? Totally. Yep. Yeah, totally. What I learned many years ago, Mel, um, and conflict coaching is not what a lot of people think it is. It's it's a different type and a different style of coaching completely. What I learned from studying conflict and, and conflict coaching is that I can't change anyone else's behaviour. I can't change their communication style. I can't, you know, make anyone do anything or, or say anything. All I can do is work on myself and change my style and change the way I communicate. And sometimes we have to learn to do that. And I learned that many, many years ago when I went through my own separation and divorce and, and wasn't doing it very well at the time and my communication skills were not great. And um, I, I remember um, I remember my ex-husband saying at the time, you've got some anger management issues. And I thought, yeah, but you're the only person on this planet that makes me angry. <laughs> Anyway, it was sort of the turning point for me because I thought, yeah, I was reacting. I wasn't responding to him. I was reacting and and there were deeper issues going on. So sometimes we need to take a step back and look at those deeper issues and go, okay, well, what was going on for you at the time, Suze? Why are we so angry? Why did he make you that, um, make you feel like that? And it's like, well, you've got to go and do the work. So that's what I help people do. They they work on their own behaviour to have a better relationship all round with the people in their lives. Mm. And I would agree, self-reflection and self-awareness is key. It's key to everything in life. Yeah, yeah. And look, who yeah. hasn't said the wrong thing? Absolutely. We've all said the wrong thing. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall. We're all going to fail. But that's part of learning. I'd rather do that and make mistakes than spend my life walking around on eggshells with those people that I'm in relationships with because I want to have healthy relationships. Just 
you know, just like you, Mel, I want to have really healthy um, relationships and learn from the people who are around me. And sometimes that means taking on advice that might, you know, cut to my core when it's from your children or from your partner. It doesn't matter. It's It's life. It's part of life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susie. So how can people find out more about you? Uh, They can just head to our website, wellbeingsandco.com.au and our contact details are there. And can I just share with you, um, we do have a wellbeing course online that we run online and one of those modules in the course is Real Relationships Ah. and it's it's a beauty. (laughs) That sounds very, very soulful. Okay, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.